Hello, and welcome to the FCD Rising Up podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Mirnick, and in today's episode, we will be speaking with Marina Brannan, who will be talking about Kamala Harris and why she's her favorite presidential pick in this upcoming election. So let's get into it. If you could please begin by introducing yourself to the listeners and tell us a bit about where you go to school, what you're studying, what you're involved in, and how you became interested in politics. Okay. Um, my name is Marina Brainin, and I am the legislative assistant for State Representative Chevron Jones. And um, I go to Florida Atlantic University in Boca, and and I am a political science major. I became interested in politics um, through my family. Um, when I was younger, my cousin he would always be running campaigns. Um, so I always followed him on that. When he became a senator, um, I changed my major to political science so I could be more like him. Because I, I found it so interesting and I wanted to like learn more about it. Um, so that's how I got into politics. So you're an active supporter of Kamala. Uh, for president. How did you become interested in her and what initially drew you to her campaign? I know that because we are friends, I've seen that you've met her. Do you want to talk about that a little bit too? She, she wants to legalize marijuana. I support that. <laughs> you can put that in the podcast. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> so um, it's not even about what drew me to her campaign. It was her, um, like her service. Um, when she was a summer intern, um, this is like in the 80s, before I was born, um, on her first day, she uh, was working a case um, that involved a bystander, a woman, who had been caught up in a drug bust. And because of time, circumstances, they were going to be going to court on Monday, but it was Friday. So Kamala, she just knew that this woman had a family. What if she worked weekends? Like, what was she going to do? Um, Who's going to take care of her children? Uh, So she begged and pleaded the court judge to like allow the case to go through on Friday and uh, she was able to let the woman go home. And they never met, but like that story, when I heard that, I, um, I was in high school and I was like, wow, I wanna be a lawyer. Like, like I wanna be a compassionate prosecutor like that who tries to help people in every way that they can. Like uses the system of the law, but uses it in a compassionate manner. Um, So yeah, I followed her for a while and I, I was just astonished. I was like, wow, she's like, you know, the attorney general, like that's so cool. Like I remember when I was really, this is like a long time ago, but I remember when she became the attorney general because like to my mom that was like a big deal, you know, like this awesome black woman. So I remember that. 
And I thought that was so cool. I was like, wow, like, if she can do it, you know, like, I can do it, too. And it's kind of funny, like, we even kind of look alike. So, I mean, well, we did a long time ago. <laughs> I just thought that she was this amazing black woman. And then she became attorney general. And then she became, she just won the Senate, like, so easily. And... You know, she won the Senate in 2016. So this is the same night that Donald Trump won. And so, like, they were celebrating. And um, she said, you know, we're going to fight. Like, this is going to be the fight of our lives. And that just resonated with me. Because Donald Trump is... Not a good president. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> I don't want to like mess up the the podcast, but he's just not a good president. And I believe that with her amazingly long career in government, that I think that she would be the perfect person to be president. Like it just makes sense. But um. Yeah, so I've always followed Kamala for a long time, like I said. Um, and then this past year, uh, while doing stuff for Andrew Gillum, I got an email that she was going to be, like, supporting him. And I was like, okay, I'm even more down with him. Uh, and then she, I got an email that she was going to be in Miami to actually like you know stump for him and so i immediately signed up i went and i knew as soon as i got there that i was in trouble because i was <laughs> so nervous i was so nervous i was like shaking um and she gets there and the mayor of miami gardens oliver gilbert tells her can you please talk to this girl? He points to me. And I'm right there. We're like three feet apart, okay? And says, can you please talk to this girl after this is over? She's a big fan. Because he knows this because I was pacing wildly outside, just like freaking out. <laughs> so, so she's talking about um, for, you know, for in support of Andrew Gillum and her time when she was uh, trying to become, I think, the DA, maybe, or state attorney. I don't remember which one. Um, and she had an ironing board with a sign on it, and that's how she gave out her campaign materials. And I was like, yo, that is so real. Like, I felt that in my soul. Um, and so after she, you know, comes up immediately to me, and I knew I was in trouble, like I said, uh, she's like, hi, I'm Kamala. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and that's literally what I said. And she just started laughing and then she put her hand on me she's like so what do you do and i'm like i work for representative chevron jones like i'm just like kind of yelling <laughs> and um she's just laughing at me and uh 
she says something i like i barely remember this conversation because i was so shook um she said that uh you know you seem like a leader i'm sure you'll be in my shoes one day and i just busted out in tears i just cried and it was like ugly crying too like i can show you pictures like it it, it <laughs> And, and it's funny, who took the pictures was Mayor Oliver Gilbert, okay? Like, I was like, you are not helping, dude. Like, you are, you are just making this so bad. I was completely fine to uh, watch her from afar, you know, and just chill. But then this whole exchange happened. But um, that was amazing. And uh, that is one of the best political experiences I've ever had. Okay. So what do you think the majority of today's voters are looking for in a candidate? And why do you think voters are attracted to her? Okay. Um, okay. Well, you know, when we look at candidates now, you know, we always were looking at like their whole history. You know what I mean? And um, we want to know that they can like walk the walk you know, and talk the talk, so, and, and that they've been doing that for their whole lives. Um, her parents are esteemed economists and activists that were working in the civil rights movement in California at Berkeley. Um, she's been working as either, like, when she was growing up, um, like, interning at the state attorney's office, um, so she's been helping people since she was really young. Um, I used to work at the state attorney's office, so like I know what she did. And when I was there, I always tried to emulate her and her philosophy mm -hmm. of, you know, if you can help people, even if their citation or infraction or felony, you know, like demand something, um, you know, you have to look at the human aspect of it. And I think that's what she does. And I think that's what people are looking for. Okay. So when it comes to her, some of the biggest criticism um, comes from the time when she was district attorney of San Francisco and the attorney general of California and the choices she decided to make in those positions, such as how she fought to uphold wrongful convic convictions secured through departmental misconduct, endorsed efforts in California to criminalize truancy and oversaw a department that argued the state of California couldn't release some prisoners because it reduced the number of prison laborers. Do you feel like these choices deeply resonate with Democrats? And if she was to become a nominee, would deter them from wanting to vote for her? And how do you feel about these past decisions um, that she's made in these positions? Okay, well, I believe in law and social justice. And I think that at the time, she was doing what she thought was right, which was putting criminals away. Like, of course, you know, um, inmates who had a chance to get out early, of course, I would have chose differently. Um, but I, I understand it. Those people were criminals and sometimes they get treated as such. So I don't, that's not really like a bad thing to me. Um, and the truancy debate, 
as attorney general, there's not many things that you can do to keep kids in school. But I think from the onset, it started out as a good idea. And then it just kind of didn't go right. And then you had moms and dads in jail because their kids weren't going to school. Um, but I did. Th I do think that it started off as a good idea. Um, and when she was the California Attorney General, um, she did a lot uh, to defend the Affordable Care Act. She advanced marriage equality as the Attorney General, which is important to me as a black lesbian woman because <laughs> I want to get married someday. Yeah, you're laughing, but I'm serious. <laughs> So, um, and the biggest thing, um, she obtained a $20 billion settlement that helped California residents who were hurt by foreclosures during the financial crisis. Like, like the original, I, I remember this, um, the original settlement was going to be like $2 billion and she got $20 billion because she's such a good attorney general. Like. That girl went to Howard, okay? You know. <laughs> so, um, I I don't see those mistakes as glaring flaws. Um, she's had one of the most liberal records in the Senate. Um, you know, like she's called for the closing of the pay gap between teachers, closing the gender wage gap, and like penalizing companies that like don't do so. Like I am pretty much all for that. And she was also the first senator to say that she wouldn't vote for a Congress spending package if they didn't include protections for the dreamers. And she was the first one to do that. Like people forget, okay? Um, and she was also the first to call for, uh, Kristen Nielsen, you know, from Homeland Security, you know, the secretary, uh, to resign in the wake of family separations. So I think like, if you look at the big picture, she is a social justice warrior. And I think given the opportunity, she could shape up America we could get rid of police violence with Kamala Harris. Like, I'm almost positive of it. Okay, uh, so kind of backtracking a little bit to the debates, the most recent ones in Detroit, how do you feel like she could have, I know a lot of people criticize her a little bit, especially Tulsi Gabbard kind of got on her about her track record. Do you feel like she could have done a bigger part and try and defend that do you feel like it's something else she could have did and do you feel like that kind of hurt her moving forward into the next debate or even moving forward into the primaries next year well i think like with the first debate um she was exceptional i think that she was on fire in both debates um i think that tulsi gabbard's you know that was like a hit piece, you know? I, I think that was kind of low. Um, but I don't see, I mean, her donations have gone up every single time that she's had, you know, performed so well at the debate. So I don't think that um, what Tulsi said really affected how supporters, real supporters feel about her. 
So a lot of different candidates are on the same page with a lot of the major issues, but a lot of different candidates also have more specific platform points and policy in relation to what they feel would be the best approach to fixing the country, um, especially after Donald Trump. So what uh, policy or platform points really resonate with you and have made you stick with her so far? I really like Kamala Harris because um, policy-wise, because of her health care policy, um, her mother struggled with uh, colon cancer, and uh, she talks about how, like, the, the Affordable Care Act, like, actually, you know, helped her family. Um, and in 2017, she was um, the first, let's not mix it up, uh, to sign on to Senator Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All bill. Um, so I think that's pretty cool, you know. She didn't, like, you know, come up with the bill. But, <laughs> but you know, this black woman b- knows that health care is a universal right, and I support that. Do you have anything else that you would like to share with the listeners before? Um, yeah. I think, like I said, uh, Kamala Harris, and it's Kamala, okay, people? It's Kamala, like a comma and then la. Like, <laughs> I promise. Um, she is, a, she's been a great leader. She's had a an amazing career. And not only do I think that she deserves this, but I think that she's the best person, the most qualified for the job. Um, like senators, like that's great. But attorney general who's worked from the bottom up, I think that should be something to look at. Um, I mean, like, when she was working in San Francisco, um, she created a program for ex-convicts and uh, to get, like, job training, and she allowed, like, undocumented people to apply to the program. Like, see, like, that's working within the legal framework compassionately. Um, and I think that we need some law and order because things are going topsy-turvy. So, um, yeah, that's why I like Kamala Harris. I love her. I'm obsessed. (laughs) I hope to meet her again. So thank you so much for coming onto the podcast to talk about yourself and Kamala. (laughs) I know a lot of our listeners would love to connect with you after the show and talk more about her and the 2020 election in general. So how can listeners connect with you after the show? Okay, um, as the legislative assistant for Representative Chevron Jones, um, I do have, like, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is marinated more. Like, <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but, you know, it's a uh, quick story. Um, my uh, DNC email, like, generated that. So, like, I just kept it because it's so funny i'm like like no one knows it's from the dnc yeah they just messed my name up (laughs) um but it's uh, marina ted moore m-o-o-r-e marinated more um and then my twitter is just marina moore so yeah let's be friends let's talk about politics let's support kamala hey if you support kamala like let's follow like follow me so we can volunteer together let's do it (laughs) 
So thank you so much again for coming to speak with uh, me. I really appreciate it, Marina. You're welcome. Interested in being our next guest on the FCD Rising Up podcast? Reach out to us on social media with your topic and name, and we will get back to you. Or you can also reach out to us at communications at flcollegedems.org. I'm Gabby Miernick, and I'm signing off. Hello, and welcome to the FCD Rising Up podcast. My name is Gabby Miernick, and I'm your host and director of communications for the Florida College Democrats. In today's episode, I will be interviewing Ariel Yanovi, and we will be discussing white liberalism. So let's jump right into it. Interested in being our next guest on the FCD Rising Up podcast to talk about a topic or candidate that you're interested in? Well, reach out to us on social media or email us at communications at flcollegedems.org. My name's Gabby Miernick, and I'm signing off.